Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This past Monday, I uploaded Archbishop Vigano's response to his critics. In that podcast, the letter I featured responded to accusations that he had entered schism with the church, and his response was largely to Father Wynandi and to Father Raymond D'Souza. I had previously featured Father Wynandi's public letter to Vigano, but here today I am covering the article Father D'Souza wrote that Vigano is responding to. I am not providing the article verbatim, but rather I'm going to give you the meat of it. This way you can be familiar with what is being said about Vigano. If you want to read this, the whole thing for yourself, you can find it linked on the sources blog at returntotradition.org in the show notes for this uh, episode of the podcast. It's important for me to give you this context regarding the debate on the Second Vatican Council, as you'll see. Spoiler, the validity of the council is barely addressed by Father D'Souza. At least that was my reading of his piece. Instead, the subject is Archbishop Vigano himself and credibility. Calling Vigano's original testimony a reckless violation of his oaths, including the oath of the pontifical secret, and especially his call for Francis to resign the papacy, Father D'Souza does not offer the illusion of impartiality in how he begins his analysis of Vigano's work these past two years. For it was two years ago, on the feast of the Queenship of Mary in August 2018, that Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano released his first letter regarding the situation with McCarrick and his influence in the Vatican, and in that way became a name familiar to many Catholics around the world. What followed had been two years of letters that some say are unrelated. Father D'Souza rather strongly implies that it is his opinion that they are unrelated, as he switches from the issue of McCarrick to Vigano in his letter regarding the role of George Gonswine in handling Benedict XVI. What is painted is a series of, we can call it counterpoints, that paint a picture of what the mainstream opposition to Vigano looks like, that Vigano isn't to be trusted. I bring this to you in order that you might see what is thought of Vigano by those outside our circles. These are not the counter-arguments against Vigano that focus on his unrelated issues with family that you may have heard of. Those aren't relevant, and those arguments are not made in good faith, and I am not I don't want to imply in the slightest that Father D'Souza is making those arguments here. He's not. Rather, these are arguments essentially from morality, and they state that what Vigano is doing is wrong because he has a duty to Francis and the Church. There is also the rather strong implication of dishonesty from Vigano. Let's get into some specifics. The article will be linked on the sources blog, like I said, a link to which can be found in the description box of this podcast. D'Souza clearly takes issue with Vigano branching out to what Vigano called the Devil Council, the Second Vatican Council. Quoting Father D'Souza, It is a remarkable place at which to arrive. Archbishop Vigano holds, to put it succinctly, a position contrary to the Catholic faith on the authority of ecumenical councils. LifeSite News, a news agency sympathetic to the Archbishop, ran a meticulous commentary by Professor John Paul Meenan demonstrating the weaknesses in Archbishop Vigano's argument and his theological errors. The more remarkable response came from Capuchin Father Thomas Wenandi, a formal doctrinal officer of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. 
He was appointed by Pope Francis to the International Theological Commission in 2014. Father Wynandy, a theologian of the first rank, was addressed by Archbishop Vigano in an open letter. Perhaps, given Father Wynandy's very public but charitable criticism of the ministry of Pope Francis in 2017, Archbishop Vigano thought he might have an ally. Father Wynandy's response offers a devastating account of where Archbishop Vigano put himself. In placing his own personal interpretation above the authority of an ecumenical council, Archbishop Vigano risks the very schism he denounces. End quote. There it is. The more than hint at schism. We've seen this before. Father D'Souza does a methodical job laying out his case. Here he quotes Father Wynandy, whose response to Vigano I published here a couple of weeks ago. After he builds on it in a similar but effective way, he says this, quote, Archbishop Vigano sees the Second Vatican Council as schismatic, and even more than this as heretical, Father Wynandy continues. My concern is that in his radical reading of the council, the archbishop is spawning his own schism. Through the all-pervasive social media, he and those who voice opinions similar to his own are leading God's people, particularly the young, not into the church, but out of the church. Schism, heresy, devil's work, unforgivable sin. How is that such words are now being applied to Archbishop Vigano by respecting the careful voices? End quote. So again, there you had Father D'Souza quoting uh, Father Wynandy. The priest, Father uh, D'Souza, goes on to describe the career of a priest who became a high-ranking prelate. He is speaking, of course, of Vigano, but aside from the country in question, he could almost be speaking of Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, of whom I personally hold in high regard. Quote, the archbishop's rise was conventional. A talented man from a wealthy Italian family. He followed the well-trodden path that priests from rich Italian families often do. He entered the Holy See's diplomatic service and distinguished himself by years of exemplary service. In 1992, St. John Paul II personally ordained him on Divine Mercy Sunday and sent him to serve as nuncio to Nigeria, the most important Catholic country in Africa. It was an unusually prestigious appointment for a first-time nuncio, indicating the high esteem in which he was held, end quote. Now, yes, I know that Archbishop Lefebvre is French, but you get my meaning with the earlier comment. And D'Souza goes on to show how illustrious a career Vigano has had, and how the statements Vigano makes now he would not have put up with if a subordinate bishop had made them to or about him while he was nuncio in Africa or the U.S. And he asks what happened to change that. He lists the most egregious of all these claims, as far as I can tell, and they're not the statements Vigano has made of Francis. As usual, we see from one group in this discussion a no-holds-barred defense of the Second Vatican Council. Quote, To mark how far Archbishop Vigano has traveled, he now rejects the famous hermeneutic of reform and continuity of Benedict XVI in regard to Vatican II. The Archbishop now holds what Benedict himself condemned, namely the hermeneutic of rupture. Has Archbishop Vigano come to a new and radical appraisal in his retirement of long-standing and settled issues? Or is there another explanation for his increasingly inflammatory and erratic interventions? End quote. He then goes on to make some insinuations about Vigano and his physical state, repeating Father Wynandy's question about the authenticity of these letters, suggesting that someone is writing them for Vigano, and that he may himself not be involved in this. Or worse. It's a really odd statement, one with little grounding in reality, but such is par for the course these days. I have previously said that there are two fundamental positions in this debate. Call them the hermeneutic of rupture and the hermeneutic of continuity positions. In reality, there are more than that, for in Father D'Souza's piece, he names the Bishop of Kazakhstan in a veiled and negative manner for bringing this up in the first place. And the Bishop of Kazakhstan is actually uh, represents, honestly, the hermeneutic of continuity position, 
well, just a more honest version of it, which Vigano has himself been responding to rather regularly since, and in a very diplomatic and peaceful and constructive way that you really have to have these discussions with. But notice that nowhere are Vigano's claims the council addressed here, other than to say it's wicked to even question that council at all. The best argument from Vigano isn't addressed, which is that there is no hermeneutic of continuity possible. The way to defeat an, an argument, any argument, is to address it head-on, to take the claims made and counter them with facts and better arguments. But we're not getting that. Instead, what we have are arguments against the person making the claim, and that's something different entirely. That may be appropriate if, for example, I were the one making the arguments Vigano is making. But by Father D'Souza's own admission, Archbishop Vigano had a stellar career in the hierarchy of the Church. Vigano is a prince of the Church, and Father D'Souza is arguing against him, as if he were not even a theologically trained YouTuber who had somehow sworn some oaths to the Pope. Personally, it would be far more effective if Father D'Souza attempted to refute the main points the Archbishop is making. If he did that, I would publish them for the world here, as I do take it as a personal duty to present the major arguments in this important debate on the Second Vatican Council, because this debate has re-emerged in the recent years thanks to Archbishop Vigano. Prior to him doing that, it had largely been done on the side, you know, by mostly lay people and interested clergy. But I digress. Father D'Souza ends his article listing the various titles and positions Archbishop Vigano has had in his career, asking if schismatic will be added to the list of his titles. Remember, the official position is that questioning the council is an act of schism. Often this position does not even address the people who take the council and quote-unquote misinterpret the document's intentions of the council and push for heterodox changes in the church this way. They never get treated like that. It never, ever happens. Instead, we get this. Those who would defend the integrity of the faith are denounced this way. Welcome to the true spirit of Vatican II. Let me know what you think of this in the comments. Again, if you want to read this for yourself, you can go to the link, returntotradition.org. It's in the description box of this podcast. And go to the show notes. Um, you might be able to find it on Father D'Souza's own website if you've uh, Googled that, but it was posted on the National Catholic Register. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And let me know if I was out of line the way I talked about Father D'Souza's here. I tried to be as respectful as possible, contrary to popular belief. I don't actually like taking on the clergy. Anyway, thank you for listening, and please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.